We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Today is Wednesday, November 25th, the day before Thanksgiving. Jeff Erickson here. My uh, co-host guest is Alan Sleslowski of the DFS Army. Also known as Rotowire super uh, super fan as well on uh, the Serious X and Fantasy show, uh, Alan just did the uh, Thanksgiving Day draft with Liss, uh, Scott Pianowski, Dalton Del Don, Brian Burns, and myself today. Alan, how you doing? I want to thank personally whoever canceled as your guest and that I got to take their place. You know, their loss is my gain. So uh, thank you to whoever that is. You did this last year too. <laughs> you're like you're locked in now. I, I appreciate it, man. You know, it, uh, it, I'm pinching myself a little bit because you know how highly I think of you guys and the show and the content you put out. So to be sitting here with you and talking about this stuff, this is this is cool for me. Oh, good. I'm glad. Um, and hey, you you brought it today. It was fun. Uh, you had commentary. You were funny. It's all good. And some your uh, picks were funny too. Kenny Galladay in the six could work. I for mean. You. Right. I mean, we'll get to it when we break down the draft. But at that point, you know, when we get into that part of the draft, you're talking about players that went in that round that are probably five points or less. A zero is not going to mean that much in in the five percent chance that he plays. Right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, So I I get you. I get you on that one. I'm the guy that took Des Bryant in the seventh, although he actually did play last week. I think he's going to play on Sunday. Um, And let's start with that. Uh, the big news, and this happened towards the end of our draft, they announced this, that the Thursday night game between the Steelers and the Ravens has been pushed back to Sunday afternoon for now. Uh, they've had now seven players with positive tests, meaning you know, they're not just close contact, they're positive tests, so they're out this week. Yeah, you you guys talk about it on your show that it's anything goes. And if we just get NFL football, especially that it's in the same week, I'm happy. So I expect all these type of things to happen. Uh, we also expect, as you guys have highlighted as well, that the NFL is going to play NFL football. There's too much at stake. The, there's too much money involved to cancel games. And these these players are in their peak athleticism. The chances are that even if they catch COVID, that they'll make it through. And again, I know that's a, a, you know, a very morbid view, but they're going to play football. So it doesn't surprise me. I'm just happy they're moving it back within the same week and not canceling it altogether, like you said, for now. Yeah, and there are two players in the NFL that have long, long-standing health issues and won't return this year. Uh, the second one is a, a Bills tight end that was announced this week. Uh, he's got myocarditis. Uh, 
myocardiosis, I believe. I, I, I can't pronounce it right. but uh, Well, you're a, my, you're a, myo, a mitocardia uh, theorist, aren't you? I, I'm becoming one. Um, it, it's a rapidly <laughs> evolving industry, but uh, it is an issue there, though. I mean, it's, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez had it with the, with the Red Sox and never came back uh, last year. Only, you know, got cleared to walk on the treadmill like in October. So, you know, it's yeah, a pretty longstanding thing there. Yeah, they have the, you know, you've heard the term long haulers. It's amazing how COVID, and we won't get too much into it, is that how it affects certain people quickly. They get back in. You hear about a, a player getting exposed to COVID in the NFL on Monday. They're back in the game and clear it on Saturday, where as other people are just going to have long lasting effects. So, you know what? You're re- we really don't know. We've taken it for granted. I mean, everything we've seen on television so far, it looks like real NFL football. When I sit down on Sunday and I watch all the games and we're on Twitter and everyone's going back and forth, it really has an effect. Us. It's just something we kind of expect, like, oh, this player's out for COVID. Okay, no problem. Who's the backup? But we haven't really had a game cancellation other than what happened earlier on with a with a delay. Yeah, we had ten yeah, we haven't had one that hasn't been made up yet, unlike college, where it's just crazy. Uh, but we've had games that have been postponed. We've had others that have been impacted significantly. It comes to mind, like Packers, uh, Packers Niners came to mind for me. The Thursday night game that they, they chose to play with despite like multiple players on both teams missing that game. Uh, and then the Raiders have not being able to have their entire starting offensive line practice that week only to be activated from the close contact reserve on Sunday morning uh, when the week that they got blown out by the Bucks. I felt like both of those games, they were impacted, you know, in the game itself uh, by that. And I feel like, and the thing is, you know, these seven players for the Ravens, they're not playing on Sunday either. So there is that. It's just they're worried about more, more positive tests. I guess that's the kind of, that's the, the line of thinking here. Yeah, it, it, you said it exactly right. I mean, unless it, but from fantasy perspective, I mean, we're hyper focused on a, a gambling perspective. I could see where the offensive line, all these other players that we don't draft for fantasy, it really does impact it, and it does impact it for the running backs and the wide receivers as well. But it, it's interesting. It's like as long as they're out there and our fantasy players are playing, it's. I know it's very odd to say it like this, but let the games go on, right? I mean, we we just did our draft, and in the middle of the draft, we found out that that game was moving. What was our overall reaction? Oh, we'll just count it on Sunday. I know it's very callous and cavalier, but yep. uh, I mean, this is our escape. I mean, this is uh, this is how we get one, one of our sources of enjoyment from playing this awesome game. Right. So if you still haven't done a Thanksgiving draft, well, I'd recommend just doing the two games because this other this this Pittsburgh game. Hey, they might push it back again. You know, or or pick a pick a random third game to include true. in that thing. So, you know, I thought that was a cool idea. How come you think no softwares like the NFFC, uh, one of our favorites, hasn't picked up on doing this and and creating a format? I mean, every year we have to do a Google spreadsheet. I do one of my home leagues after I heard you guys do this. I, yeah. I run the spreadsheet. Why do you think know. that the I, software? I like the local nature of it, though. It wouldn't. I I want to the Thanksgiving thing. I want to do that with friends. I want to do that. I don't want to do it with random people. No, I meant just to have a software to host it. Like there's, oh, I see. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. I I don't know. I mean, they, they, they I think it's a question: Can they monetize it? Uh, so maybe we should invent it because there is a company. And I don't, I don't want to give out a free plug on your show, but it's fantasypostseason.com. They are, have all the postseason stuff. You just pay them a small twenty dollar fee, and you're able to have a ho- host these uh, postseason like drafts. I didn't yeah, know about it, that site, so I'm glad you. you know, hey, give them the free plug if they have. A yeah, plug, no, they, give them the plug. They're they're a, you know a small company. They're unbelievable. We've been using them for five years for postseason NFL, postseason basketball, and then you could set up a snake draft with your friends, slow draft timer, the whole thing. And the only you know they don't do it for Thanksgiving. So uh, like you said, I was wondering why nobody does it. But this feels very looking up the numbers in USA Today. It's not it's not done live. You know you have to wait for the results to whoever plugs in the numbers. Uh, it does have an old school early '90s feel to this draft. Yeah. Uh, it does. So let's talk about the draft. Uh, you you were you were slotted at the wheel drafting six in a six team draft. That's tough when you only have six teams. You have to have a quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, and a flex. We dug in pretty deep here on this one. Here, you, did you come in planning the double tap running backs as you did with Connor and Edwards at the in the first round and second round? 
I did because I, we did a draft like this. I told you for Thanksgiving um, yesterday. So I I made the mistake of going for the quarterback early, and obviously Deshaun Watson is the the primo player that you want in this one. But I kind of felt after he was off the board that it didn't really matter. I, I could see any of the quarterbacks, including Alex Smith, uh, putting up 17, 20 points. So I knew the running backs ran out quickly, only because I had done a just draft. So to me, it was uh, whatever two running backs were there, uh, including DeAndre Swift. You'd asked on the serious show where DeAndre Swift would go in a, in a game like this where we're only paying out the top prize. Um, I, I think that, you know, you just swing for the fences. I'd agree. Because let's say if, if today we found out like right now this second that Swift was going to play, I'd probably have him in my top 10 this week. Because uh, oh. with, with concussion, you know, it's not like you're going to ease him back in. He's either in or he's out. And, you know, he had a limited practice on Tuesday. He's trending in the right direction. Still has to get cleared, obviously. But, you know, at the same time, it's looking pretty good. Let's assume that Detroit gets a um, a coach that we all like offensively next year. I mean, DeAndre Swift's going to be in your top seven or eight running backs. He's possibly like a late first round pick in 2021 drafts, don't you think? I'd agree. I, I'd agree. I, I've got him in my one dynasty league. And I was nervous for a while because of his usage, but then you saw him play and you're like, okay, yeah, he has a bad drop every once in a while, but the, he can play. He, yeah. He, yeah. I he's mean, he's got the juice. He, he's one of those guys where you see him on the field. You're like, oh, that's the, that's the, the top running back guy. I think I, I personally think he looks better than Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but yeah, I, I just, so I'm, I'm glad that you're on board. And the fact that you got him in dynasty, I bet you the, someone took Cam Akers ahead of him too, right? No, no. Okay. Someone did take, you know, Rotowire co-host, uh, good friend Scott Jenstad took J.K. Dobbins the pick right before him, uh, and of course Taylor and uh, uh, Taylor and Edwards Alaire went before him as well. In the first round of our draft, you pick third. You took Antonio Gibson. Uh, with with all of the J.D. McKissick, the world loves you in PPR leagues. Um, why did you go there versus you know? any of the other players that were available gibson does catch passes first of all he doesn't mm-hmm. you know not as many as mckissick but he's also he's become the goal line guy i think and he's just a darn good player the last couple of weeks they've kind of started to use him a little bit more than they had earlier and i like the matchup against dallas i know they're a little bit tougher against the run but cook still ran pretty wild against him on uh, last week i still think he's got a pretty good matchup and especially in a short week i like the running backs a little bit more yeah, if anybody wants to see this draft that we're talking about, I, I put it on my Twitter as well, at Alan Sislowski. So I know you put it up on yours as well, right? Yeah. So you can click on that link, and as we're talking about it, you could actually see the picks. Uh, so it's pretty cool. I used, as a fan of your show, and as you know, a super fan, because I, I don't miss a show. I don't even really – I know you love baseball, and I don't, I'm not a huge baseball guy, but I listen to you guys talk about baseball because mm-hmm. I enjoy you and, and Chris talking. So that is – you know, so I look learn about baseball just from listening to you and circling that back to the point of uh i was listening to you guys do this draft and then when you would talk about it i would click on the link so i and i'm talking more to the fans like i'm talking to myself here nice. i uh, i like to follow along this draft as you talk about it yeah and uh it, this was a fun draft uh this was and it's at jeff underscore erickson for those who aren't following and at alan slislowski uh check it all out um so yeah i went gibson Thought mm-hmm. about Swift. Thought, eh, well, maybe he'll come back to me. Probably won't. Uh, List was being cagey. Wouldn't say what to do, what he was going <laughs> to do, because, you know, he didn't want me to, you know, it's like I was going to follow him in this draft or something. But uh, it, w- it was a consideration. I was, I was thinking maybe Edwards would come back. And you said you had, like, Connor and Edwards right there at the top for you, though, among running backs this week. Yeah, I mean, obviously things have changed because now that I, I have Gus Edwards as my RB one above Zeke. Now I know Zeke looked good last week, uh-huh. and Ed, you know, this when I made that statement, uh, Edwards was playing on Thursday. Now that we're playing on Sunday, I mean, there is some percentage chance that uh, that the other the two COVID uh, running I don't backs think are any back. chance. I think okay, good. Out. I right, think these good. guys are all actually tested positive, so it, it's like fourteen days if I'm if I'm not mistaken. For them, it's one thing. It's okay. if, if you have close contact, then you you can uh, th- th- then you can come back within five days. But I don't think these guys are coming back. I think all, all right, seven well, of these guys are out, including yeah, that's their two starting centers. Their top two centers are also oh. out. 
I didn't know that. And you got, you've talked about on your show a lot that sometimes the center and you called it brilliantly, the Jenga block that kind of collapses the whole thing. I didn't know about the centers. That's, that's good information for anybody who's doing DFS, who's doing these drafts. Uh, the center sometimes can be the, the death blow, but Gus Edwards, he was, I think he was leading the team in carries over the last month or so. I don't, I didn't have to look at it up exactly, but I know he wasn't the most productive. If you include last week, JK Dobbins mini breakout, but Gus Edwards is a good running back. He's a restricted free agent next year, Jeff. And I, I think that whoever signs him next year is going to be a smart team. It could be that the Ravens resign him, but circling back to your question is I, I to see that anytime you can lock in 15 touches and in a good offense, I trust the Ravens a little bit more than I trust Dallas. That's why I, I mean, that's why I had him ranked over him, but I knew Zeke would go one or two anyway. Yeah. Matt Skura is one of them. And then uh, Patrick McCarry, both should be out. And Skura had just been benched because of his uh, debacle, snapping the ball in the, the monsoon game against the Pats. But I think they're down to uh, Tristan Colon Castillo. Uh, so Cologne Castillo, uh, so it's something to watch for there. Uh, but anyways, uh, going back to the Thursday games, the other uh, injury note is Terry McLaurin's listed as questionable in this game. He's got an ankle thing. And I just thought it was kind of a rest day sort of thing, but now he's officially listed as questionable. And yeah, he, he's the first wide receiver off the board in our draft. And, you know, he's right there with like Will Fuller and Deontay Johnson, Cooks and Claypool, all his considerations. It's a pretty good wide receiver slate, actually. Yeah, I, you were right about that, is that I almost thought about going double wide receiver. I had Terry McLaurin as my first wide receiver as well. I mean, you know, questionable. You're not in a draft like this. You're not going to worry about that too much. Uh, you don't want to pass on him. I guess you could have taken Deontay Johnson there or you picked Will Fuller, who I love, because that's a swing for the fences with a floor as well. I would have probably picked him over Terry McLaurin. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's questionable. Terry McLaurin, doesn't he strike you as a guy that's going to play through things? You, you, you've mentioned before that he's QB proof and we'd love to see him with a with a competent or above average quarterback so uh, even the questionable tag of course he could but it, I I most I keep an eye on those things but it wouldn't affect uh, how I drafted him in, in a, a draft like this which is thousand dollars ahead you said right yeah for you um, but I, <laughs> the rest of us are paying twenty dollars uh, yes it, it, it's the thing um, well, looking at uh, the 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 quarterbacks, I mean, every, everyone loves Watson first on Thanksgiving. Uh, then I think it's kind of close. Like I, you know, Big Ben went early. I got Lamar Jackson in the fourth round, and I, I'll, I'll be honest, I wasn't planning and taking him in this draft, but I just I thought there was some value there as in that point. I mean, I have him in my rankings this week. Let's let's expand yeah. beyond just the the. Thanksgiving games, even if it's been moved, but I have him twelfth in my rankings. I have him actually behind one spot behind Ben, uh, but yeah, so. you know it's, it's still pretty low considering where he was drafted, what he did last year. You know, this is definitely not the same guy. My friends who were listening to the draft and some of my colleagues all said they screamed through the speaker that I didn't take Lamar Jackson on the two three turn there. So they are they're in line with what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, he's one play away from the 70 yard run. I mean, I know he's disappointed relative to his, to his draft position this year, but yeah, I think that's a miss by the league getting him in the fourth round. I mean, get it, it, it is unbelievable. I mean, if you have to pick out certain players, uh, just the whole week, forget just the Thursday night that can win you the week. He is one of them. So even though he's disappointed, that is a, a wise pick. Now, I have a decision to make. Maybe you can help me out. Help me out here because I've been hearing this question a lot: Lamar Jackson or Taysom Hill? Isn't that that's an interesting debate right there? Do you have a, a preference this week uh, on your value meter, one over the other? Twenty, you win again, right? Uh, mm. <laughs> we're even talking right. about this. <laughs> Lamar Jackson twelve, Hill fourteen for me. I think okay, he gets so, figured out a little bit as a right. quarterback at least this week. We'll see. Uh, Vic Fangio is a pretty clever uh, defensive mind, so. I think that kind of contributes a little bit to that, too. Uh, you know, I actually, though, here, here's one for you. Derek Carr or Lamar Jackson this week? Yeah, no, that's interesting, right? Derek, again, Derek Carr, one of those players that nobody wanted in August. Yeah. Uh, you know, he was, he was on the waiver wire this week. And what does he do? He's just producing well. And, and Gruden, he's, he's got that team playing well. I still think you take Lamar Jackson here. I know, you know, the matchup is not ideal. But just for the reason I just said, it's, uh, it's that one play, that one thing. And just when, when the market is softening on him, mm-hmm. you know that's when it's going to happen. You know, we talked about Hollywood Brown. It's going to be any 
any one of these weeks where that big play happens. It's the same thing with Lamar Jackson. It's not that he's been bad. He's just been bad relative to expectations. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not starting Derek Carr ahead of him, uh, but I understand the question. Where do you have him in the value meter? I have him eight. I have yeah, him in the top no, I, 10. I mean, it's a that great makes sense. matchup against Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, first of all. So I think that's one of the big parts of that there. Uh, I, I, I do expect big things for, uh, from him this week, and he's been actively good. I mean, it was pretty, you know, we, we all got to watch the Sunday night game against Kansas City. He was good in that game. He was really good in that game. And, and he was really good against Casey earlier in the year. There's been weeks where he hasn't been asked to do as much. Gruden doesn't want to have it have to air it out all the time, but, you know, he can. And I think that's something that did, wasn't true last year. Uh, Carl actually is willing to throw downfield. You know, he's turned Nelson Aguilar into someone who can produce at times, although he's still frustrating at times, other times too. But I, you know, in pra- yeah, in, you're in praise of Derek Carr. Yeah, and those- win. Yeah, I mean, it is unbelievable. Everything's been turned upside down, and it's and it's interesting. I mean, think about the pass catchers, though, on Las Vegas. I mean, who would you rather have for the rest of this season? Would you rather have Aguilar or uh, first overall wide receiver rookie Henry Ruggs? I mean, the rest of this 2020 season. It's got to be Aguilar. Right. I mean, it's not even close, right? I mean, that is amazing to me as well. But I think also that we talked about Carr uh, and those big games against Kansas City. It, it just feels like those are the games where he had to keep up with Pat Mahomes. It, yeah. it feels like that Gruden spent the last 11 months just figuring out what they could do to match up with Kansas City. You know, it's, it feels right. like that. If those two meet in the playoffs for some reason, I'm, I'm taking the points in, in Las Vegas. Yeah, probably. I, I could see that. Uh, how are you feeling about rugs like in a dynasty, though? Uh, are, are you disheartened by this season or is this just, OK, normal what we used to expect from rookies and he'll he'll get better over time? Or are you genuinely concerned? I'm not concerned. Uh, Ruggs is one of those players that reminds me of uh, the Odell Beckham can take the slant and go. And I think that was what's interesting is what you just said, is that he's following the trajectory of what normal rookies are, where they just you want to see something uh, in year one. You want to see growth in year two. And then by year three, it's lights out. The problem is, is that some of these other rookies are just going from the beginning. Right. So that's what's disheartening about it. Uh, If we re-rank them today, if we redid our dynasty rankings, of course, we would take uh all the the players that that popped this year over him but you know if you took if you got him at pick 11 in your dynasty league or somehow he fell to pick uh 2.2 um you're still happy there but the real you know when you see someone like michael Pittman come in right away and, and produce even on low target volume it is disconcerting if you owe him if you own uh rugs so small right. concern but not not uh you know i'm not selling him in uh i'm not trading him away for less than i paid yeah, more concerning seeing Justin Jefferson go off, and you, know, you yeah. passed on him for you know you passed on Jefferson for rugs, or for that matter, uh, like I did, Jalen Rieger. You know, I'm I'm not gonna you know I'm not doing anything drastic with Rieger, but I'm certainly wishing I had Jefferson. Yeah, I want I want to see what that team looks like. You talked about uh, is it by the way Rieger Rager? I, I hear it so many different ways, I but. Know. We're going with Rieger because that's yeah. what you said on this show. We'll keep it consistent. But, I mean, Car- Carson Wentz is on the ropes a little bit, right? I mean, I, uh, I, do, a, um, I do a weekly article called Zero Dollar Bidding, and I write about some three, pl- uh, three players each week that you're supposed to just pick up for a zero bid that could pop the next week. Gotcha. And Jalen Hurts is one of those players that I think should be added to your, to your roster right now because Carson Wentz has serious in-game benching risk, right? Yeah. And if Jalen Hurts comes in, maybe that's good for Jalen Rager long term. Uh, you know, as Jalen Hurts would have these astronomical numbers at Oklahoma from a rushing perspective, I think it was something like 20 rushing touchdowns. And he did have respectable uh, uh, passing stats as well. So I think in a dynasty format, that's a player I might be looking to trade for if the the dynasty owner of, uh, of Rager Rieger is uh, is looking to get out of him. Right. And I'll say this about Wentz. Like they, you know, Peterson, Doug Peterson was asked if he thought about Benjamin. He said he hadn't thought about it. But the thing is, the question's getting asked now. And, you know, before it was maybe uh, more of a murmur, it's getting louder. Uh, and so you kind of have to wonder, you know, is, is that going to be something down the road? Because, you know, Wentz was pretty bad again. And some of this was the element. Some of this is, you know, he doesn't have Ertz back yet, but he does have, you know, and who knows what version of Ertz they'll have. You know, Ertz might play this week, but 
And it's funny because I, I, I mentioned on Twitter yesterday, I had a hard time ranking my Eagles. Uh, you know, I put Wentz at 17 among quarterbacks. Home matchup against the Seahawks. You, sh- you should be excited about that. All the Seahawks are getting better defensively. But I'm just not. Uh, and, I, you know, Rieger, uh, you know, Fulgham, Ward, I, you know, I can't be too excited about any of them. The only guy I'm kind of high on, is, well, two guys, Sanders and Goddard. I'll, I'll have them relatively high to their position. But the other ones I'm kind of got buried right now. Yeah, it's not like Ertz was lighting the the world on fire before. He was disappointing for fantasy. I know he was getting targeted. I mean, if you look back to the the early part of the season, he was getting about, you know, he was averaging about eight targets a game over the first three weeks or so, but he certainly wasn't producing those monster numbers we're used to. So, uh, again, I I know that he, uh, that uh, Carson Wentz is is not had optimal conditions, and and you guys have mentioned on your show it's not from any lack of effort. He is scrambling around, he is making it, he's diving. But I I think that and someone asked when you'd asked to uh, solicit some questions for the I saw somebody asking about Wentz. Yeah, let's address and, that. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think you could start a quarterback where anytime you see a scroll that comes across the bottom of your red zone channel that says Ertz has been benched and you're like, I mean, sorry, that uh, uh, Wentz has been benched and that you're surprised. Any quarterback that has a benching risk, you just cannot start. Right. Art Vandalay asks, 12-team standard, which QB this week, Ryan, Wentz, or Cousins? You know, if Ryan, if Julio doesn't play, you can't start Ryan, though. I'd start Wentz over Ryan if, if Julio doesn't play. If Julio plays, I'm going Ryan. Cousins versus Wentz. I mean, it's eh, it's Carolina. I've got Wentz 17, Cousins 19, Ryan 20 right now in my rankings. Uh, Ryan goes above if Julio puts in like a full practice on Friday. Then I change my tune a little bit. Yeah, I think you have the order correct. It's just that from uh, for how I would do it if it was my team is that I just would start Cousins, even though it's a slightly a tick lower of a situation and, and then Wentz. But I just if I'm an important this is week 12, Jeff, right? Yeah. And week 12, you're six and five, you're seven and four. You need to win or you're trying to fight for that buy or just hold off the three seed and stick with that buy. You cannot take a, a, a nine points at quarterback. So I would just go with Cousins, who seems to have a little bit better floor with the upside everything's you know going well over in minnesota nowadays right from from an offensive fantasy perspective i would just be real goosey about starting carson wentz in any format other than being pinned against the wall in a super flex league yeah i I hear you i hear i hear you on that one there i i have the wentz versus ryan decision in one of my leagues so it'll come down to the probably sunday morning i'll decide on that one there yeah and and of course you know you always pick the right ones when you do those last minute swaps yeah that works out perfectly isn't it amazing how they never work out yeah well the thing is if you feel strongly about in this case it's i have a, a a concrete reason i think it's a little different then you're like okay is julio playing okay then i'll do that i have an either or it's a little different i think and uh you know when you're just oh i've got this I've got this vibe. I read something on Twitter or something right. like that. You know, then then you're kind of like, oh, okay. Um, I think yeah. it's a little bit different then with your the, the last minute thing. But you're right. the The last minute roster changes are terrible. Um, I just choose yeah. not to make a decision at all. Therefore, it's not a change. <laughs> and you know, and you get the, it, they're impossible decisions too. But I just think that I just don't know how I always get them wrong. Those last minute fifty fifty calls. Like it literally last week, the, uh, the you know the one I did was I benched AJ Brown for T Higgins. I don't know why I did it. And you know, then you saw AJ Brown not only uh, do well with a with a touchdown, but just go through the whole team uh, yeah. on that on that push. So yeah, I mean the point is well said that don't do the last minute swap. Right. Uh, before we move on, quick note from ProSwap, our good friends there. Nice timing, Alan. Well done. That was- <laughs> smart sports bettors always know where to find the best odds before placing a bet, and that's why smart bettors use PropSwap. You can always find the best odds on PropSwap because you're buying directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a, price, uh, submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. PropSwap sellers are always willing to negotiate – we all know bookies never will. And for a limited time, our listeners can get up to $500 in bonus cash. Just use the promo code ROTO500. That's promo code ROTO500, and PropSwap will match your first deposit up to $500. Become a smarter sports better today. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. All right, I'm talking with Alan Soslowski of DFS Army. Uh, Alan, I want to talk about running backs, and I want to talk about one. We, t- we mentioned him in passing a little bit already, and that's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. 
I hate the matchup this week against Tampa Bay. I have him at 26 in my rankings this week. Yeah, you, you can't run against Tampa Bay, but uh, I, I, have to take, I have to go over to your value meter and check out who you have ahead of them. It's, that, it's the Kansas City running back. Just take the name off. If we were starting Daryl Williams there, if it was Le'Veon Bell there, would your ranking change? I mean, it's not really a function. This is strictly a function of the matchup, I'm assuming, but I can't imagine some of the leagues I'm in where you're starting two running backs and three, you know, two flex and you know, 12, 14 team, I, I just, you're going to have to start them in your season long. The question is, in a, in a, in a DFS format where do you, there's probably better options, but I can't imagine picking someone up off the waiver wire, uh, in a better situation. Uh, who, who are some of the tough calls you've had well, to make? Well, here, versus, I'll tell you uh, some of the rationale for my ranking. It, it has nothing to do with the name. It's just that he's not getting targets. You know, yeah. he had one, he had two targets last week, one catch. He did have five targets in the Carolina game when they were actually behind for a little while. He's had one game where he had heavy targets, that, or two games, I should say, where he's had eight targets. Week two, when they were chasing the uh, Chargers. Week five, when they were chasing the Raiders. Uh, other than that, I mean, he's, he's usually around two or three targets per game, maybe four. I mean, he just d- doesn't get thrown the ball a whole lot at Tampa Bay. I mean, we saw how tough they are against the run. Uh I've got Zach Moss, Jerk McKinnon, and Carlos Hyde immediately ahead of him. So I don't know the San Francisco running situation yet. I'm assuming McKinnon's the guy right now. If it gets to the point where I think that we've got, you know, where instead it, it's like Mostert's back, then I'll change that. So he moves up one spot there. Same thing with like Buffalo. If I see get a vibe on that one that, that changes a little bit where I don't think Moss is the guy over Singletary, maybe I'll move him down. I Gus Edwards is a is the only free agent really that you could pick up and start ahead of him. I, I definitely yeah. start and I, I definitely start Edwards ahead of him. I don't feel I don't and even though Edwards doesn't catch passes either, but he's clearly the guy again and will be against Pittsburgh. Ran well against them in their earlier matchup. Yeah, no, you, you made a great case for that. And it, it, it's funny because they build him as the next Brian Westbrook. Yeah. I mean, I remember when Brian Westbrook caught 100 passes or close to it in a season. Is it, There's been nothing that's been less true this season than CEH is Brian Westbrook. But it's the touchdown equity that's appealing. But you made a great case. I mean, you, you don't you look at Jarek McKinnon starting in the Shanahan scheme. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So that's why, you know, one of my last checks that I always do is I. I set my lineups, my personal process, and then I go over to your value meter to see where where you have them ranked. And if there's uh, you know big differences, uh, I start digging in, and that's when I you know do my research of why. So that makes a lot of sense. That uh, if you would have asked me just anecdotally of where I have CEH this week, I probably would have said a top 12, top 14 running back. But the the players that you named and the PPR format really does make the difference. I think that that's something that a lot of fantasy players forget, that you need to catch passes or be the definite goal line back to be a top 12 running back each week. Right. And I don't think there's any you know touchdown equity to be had. I mean, maybe there's a little bit. I mean, there's obviously it's not zero, but it's it's not very high this week because there. You know, it's tough to run yeah. it in against Tampa. So that's, that's yeah, that makes sense. That. that makes sense. And consensus wise, I think you have him a lot lower. And that's what I like. I, I don't mind being out of consensus. So I, I'd have to take a look around some of some of the other rankings. Uh, but, yeah, I would imagine that that's quite a bit lower. But I think that that's a good play. If, if, uh, and, you know, if they get around the goal line, who do you think is the most likely to score? You think it's Le'Veon Bell? Do you think they're just likely to pass when they get inside the five yard line? I think it's more likely that they'll pass. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it, it, and that's the thing. The Chiefs aren't afraid to do like uh, you know a shovel pass to the backup fullback. You know, uh, the, the, right? The underhand softball throw by Travis Kelsey. Yeah, Kelsey to a fullback. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, you and, see you know, that? It it looked like uh, one of the. You ever watch like the um, the the women's softball when they do that yeah, yeah, crazy yeah. that crazy arm spin throw? I've tried that thing. That's hard, but that's what it looked like when Kelsey did that. Right. So, uh, yeah, one of the guys I do have above him is James White. He might be available in some leagues. Keep in mind, Rex Burkhead is out for the season with his knee injury. You know, White got nine targets last week against Houston. So I I think he'll be similarly busy against Arizona this week. 
Yeah, when you did your Captain Obvious waiver wire show on Tuesday, by the way, I love that. That that actually makes the waiver wire show fun again. For those, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you're definitely fans of, of your radio show on Sirius. But yeah, you guys identified James White as he's back to being James White that we thought about for the last few years. I mean, Rex Burkhead was having the best year of playing the best NFL football of his career. And we've we've had Rex Burkhead in our fantasy life for a long time. He's out. James White is back in. He yeah. is definitely available on waiver wires. And I think that if some reason he was skipped over, uh, that's somebody you absolutely want to pick up. I love that you guys talked about James White because I forgot about him and I and I paid pretty close attention. Yeah, and uh, you know I, I think that uh, you know even once in a while he'll sneak in a goal line carry too if they're like going hurry up or something of that nature too. So yeah, I, I I'm pretty optimistic about him. Uh, I think that he'll be someone that gets a lot, a lot of work there. A uh, couple other guys I want to talk about at running back that I thought are interesting this particular week. Uh, I like Wayne Gallman against the uh, Bengals, my Bengals this week. I think they'll have goal line carries to be had, and I think Gallman will get them. Yeah, I mean, if Wayne Gallman, for some reason, for some obscene reason in your league, is is sitting on the waiver wire, he all he does is score touchdowns and, and get you double-digit fantasy points. Let's forget about the Wayne Gallman that we knew. He's absolutely – I mean, where, where do you have him? What number? I've got Gallman at 16. Yeah, I was going to say, he has to be a top 15 running back, especially with the matchup. And I love how you still claim ownership of the Bengals. That's, I'm a Jets fan, so I'm right there with you. I understand the, the pain. and uh, But yeah, Wayne, going back to your question, Wayne Gallman, that is, it, it's funny, because like, Wayne Gallman was on my team, some of my fantasy teams, for a few weeks, and then I dropped them, and I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe I did that. Rest of season, right? I mean, no Barkley, uh, th- no competition to think of. Anytime there's even a decent matchup, what a great floor for Wayne Gallman. I love that you have him inside your top 16 running backs. Oh, thank you. Um, Any others that you wanted to highlight this week at running back? Highlight, fade, as the case may be. Anybody stand out in in this, this week's slate? Yeah, I mean, what are you doing with uh, Gio Bernard? Do you where do you have him exactly? I, 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 it's up, it's down, but in a few leagues, I'm, I'm pinned against the wall here, especially in a in a 14 teamer. I'm forced to start him, and I, I don't know. I mean, you, you know, we talked about PPR uh, with the what was it Brandon Allen is, is now the quarterback. Yep. I don't know much about him other than we saw him in limited action. What was it on Denver last year or, so, or something? Yeah, um, I, I'm hoping that Brandon Allen is one of the players that just is uh, you know sees the rush coming and just dumps it off to Gio Bernard I like him as a little bit of a sneaky play uh I know it's been up it's been down but before it was down the last few weeks you were happy to start Gio Bernard over Joe Mixon yeah I don't know about over but uh I mean I'm talking about like when Mixon was out you're like oh Gio Bernard's getting me 15 fantasy points I'm happy I mean he he contributed for a couple weeks in a row you're right about that uh I, I my comment was a receding tide strands all boats. Uh, <laughs> I, the thing is, he's been losing work uh, to uh, Samaj P. Ryan lately. Uh, and you know, the Bengals are in the, I think they're kind of in, let's see what we got with the player X guy right now mode. At least they should be. And yeah, evaluation mode. I mean, that that's smart that you're saying they want to see what they got, because obviously they're going to make some changes on their roster next year and uh, along with any team. So if you're not in it right now, you are absolutely uh, looking, looking to make some changes. I, so you have him. Where do you, you say you have Geo? I have inside. Your, I have him at thirty four. Yeah, I, the ECR has him in the top twenty-five, but uh, I understand. Yeah, maybe you're just it's you're you're seeing uh, glass. You're seeing with with poor colored Bengals glasses I'm here. A maybe you're just hating Bengals fan. You're right. Yeah, there, yeah. There, my, there is that uh, my I just, question? I, I like, and I'll tell you what. This was this ranking presumed that Finley would get the start. Now that oh. we know it's Allen, <laughs> eh, maybe they won't be what? such a wasteland. I, I probably bump up T Higgins too. Where and we'll, I've got him super buried as well. You're right. Yeah. I, I'm probably like. I'm trying to be too anti-Homer. Yeah, the, the question really that I, I was waiting to ask you on here is, how are you solving uh, the, the two Arizona running backs? What are you doing with them? I mean, we've seen their their ADPs converge and, and change position, not ADP, but their weekly rankings, um, you know, just cross many times. How are you doing it from here forward? Or do you not, is it is it just a week-to-week proposition? Uh, it's pretty much always Drake first if he's healthy. He's just getting more of the work. Edmonds will Edmonds can sign, sometimes chime in, and he has more bursts. But I mean, the, the the touches aren't really that close right now. So I I've got they're not that close in my rankings this week. I probably have Edmonds too low though. 
with with no teams on by, it's a little harder this week. I have him at thirty seven. I have Drake in my te- in the teens somewhere. I have him at thirteen. So there's probably the gap's probably not that big. I should probably narrow that gap some. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I, I will. Like, for Is instance, there if Swift plays? Peterson and Carryon Johnson get a pretty big downgrade right there. That's that they kind of those are two guys I take out. Uh, so that, that gets it gets a little. Well, actually, I have Johnson lower than Edmonds, but um, yeah. Is there I, a, go ahead? Is there any particular reason that there the NFL went with no buys on twelve on week twelve, and then they have the final the okay? Because but what is that like? What do you mean by Thanksgiving? Just because there's always Thursday games. I don't think I don't ever recall a team having Thanksgiving week off. Okay, so that's what it is. So the calendar just falls in a different way this year. I think that's the case. I but I'm don't that's, I'm not speaking authoritatively here. That's all right. It's, it's, it's a total wild ass guess, actually. So I so I can quote you on that and, yes, and post it all over social media and social media. wild ass guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so put it on all my social media. Yeah. Um, all right, and then the the last guy because you'd asked me about some some players that I'm looking at is are you trusting Jonathan Taylor again that we saw him get no. the twenty plus carries? No, I'm not. Uh, I've been hurt before. Uh, Thirty six <laughs> is where I've got him. I okay. have him behind. I have him behind Hines this week in PPR. I think you could flip flop it in standard, but you know Taylor's not good in short yardage situations. That's the dirty little secret. It's funny. Everybody was so high on Taylor, and and it could turn around. But I yeah, I mean, uh, many third round draft picks wasted on him. Yeah, are there are there any running backs that you can think of in the last decade that had as bad of a first season and then came back and actually delivered on their 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 rookie hype or their rookie draft capital? Are there any that you can think of? Um, Maybe Melvin Gordon, right? Derek, he was. How about Derrick Henry? That's true. That is, you know what? You're right. That's a good one because maybe it was a workload question with him, but either way, it was, everyone was like, "Oh, this is it." Now he's, you know, he's probably one of the most val- valuable non-QBs in the league, right? And, you know, honestly, year two wasn't so great either. He had 744 yards and five touchdowns. He didn't bu- really break out until the second half of 2018. Right. It was, he, was, uh, it, he was caught in a, in a two-man committee, I think, with DeMarco Murray one of those years. And that's when Murray was just signed as a high-priced free agent. That could have been explained it some of it away, but... Uh, just on, I mean, we're not worried about workload with Taylor. It's just been performance, right? I mean, all the smart people over at Rotowire just have been talking about how he just runs into the line. He's not seeing the holes. And, you know, so that that's the concerning part about someone like Jonathan Taylor. So I actually just traded for him in a dynasty league. I got uh, Jonathan Taylor and a second round pick for Austin Eckler. Really? Yeah, what the heck, right? How I many guys I got do you keep is, is that, what's that oh, second this, round pick going to bring you? It's a it's a second round super flex draft, so it's it's a you know you keep everybody, so it's one of those where it's only the rookies are available. So yeah. in a super flex draft, I'll get the seventh best or eighth best wide receiver or the you know the tenth best running back or maybe the quarterback that falls through the grips of everybody. Sure. So. But it's more about, you know, you know, it's it's um, buying down in age by about three years and and hoping he can turn it around. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can see that. Uh, before we move on to wide receivers, uh, let's talk a little bit uh, about our, our mention. Uh, a quick mention from our other sponsor, BetMGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM has teamed up with RotoWire to offer new BetMGM sp- uh, customers a free six-month RotoWire subscription when they place their first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website. And once you make your first sports wager, you'll receive a season's length of RotoWire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks by signing up and placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager? Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada and 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia. In Tennessee, in Tennessee, you can call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Alan, you're you, New Jersey, you, right? 
Uh, well, I used to live in New York. I'm a lifelong New Yorker. I just moved down to Florida about oh, five Florida. years ago for, oh, for okay. a better life. But yeah, I'm a lifelong New Yorker. You know, it's funny. There's a, a comedian that had this this great joke where he said that he was on a roll gambling and he was making a lot of money. I, I wish I remember who it was, but he said he used to go to Gamblers Anonymous uh, meetings and ask everyone who they picked and who they thought they were, you know, who, who the, the locks were, and then obviously bet the opposite. Ah, real face not to, noise, if you will. Yeah, not not to make any, uh, you know, despair on, and make fun of anyone's uh, disease, you know. But do you, uh, now you guys have that guest the line segment, which I know you joke about that you think that, oh, no, but, but it, I love it, because I like hearing your takes on it. Do you actually take that uh, that intel that you put out, and do you, do you uh, sports gamble? Do you like to play the ponies a little bit with uh, uh, with those? You know, the thing is, if, if I could do it online in California, I probably would, if I did it on my phone, but... You know, it's funny though. It's like I have so much, so many outlets just in my fantasy leagues that I mm-hmm. don't feel that urge. When I go to Vegas, I'm usually, you know, I'm in the poker room rather than the sports book more often than not. And I think it's just because I, I, well, some of the time, some of that's when I'm there. Uh, some of that's I just know that I wouldn't be that great. Uh, you know, if I put more time into sports, sports betting, maybe I would, but. I think it's kind of a mugs game. I don't know. Uh, oh, it's it's a losing proposition. Uh, you know, it's you have to go in thinking like now you can try to get an edge. Now you guys talk to someone like uh, Rufus every week on yeah. on your serious show, and yeah, those guys have a true edge. Obviously, yeah. it's tried and true, and they're winning like what fifty nine percent of the time. I mean, is that what it is. I, I, I didn't even know. I get something like I'm guessing it's just it's that means you are like a sports betting champion. If you uh, if you uh, 59, you, you just need to get like off of it. Sure. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, you know, in the my best years, I, I broke even or made a little. It's just like you look at over over five years. You're, you're never going to you shouldn't do it as like, hey, if you're just a casual sports better, just like, hey, I'm going to make money. But I was just curious if you guys put that to the test, because I think you guys have some interesting takes on on the guest of lines. And it does help me for you know the 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 few sports bets that i placed each week yeah i've you know i've done well in staff picks in previous years i'm not having a good year this year though i'm mm. i'm below 500 although i had a good week last week at least but yeah you know, well you identified something interesting on on your show you talked about how home field advantage may not be the three points anymore right that's right and it's and it might not even, it might be significantly less it might be like a point yeah, I didn't even I didn't even think of that. You, I mean the the Vegas calculation has to have thought of that, but if maybe we thought we saw edges where we did where they didn't exist, right? Uh, and I, I think that it's yeah, it, I, I'm, I I think it doesn't apply evenly. Like the farther you travel is probably a bigger deal. Uh, you know, conditions, stadium might change things a little bit there. Uh, yeah, I I I don't. Yeah, I, I, but I, it's de- I definitely don't think it's the same sort of value that's been in the past, and mm. I've been slow to adjust to that. And you know, the game adjusts. You know, not calling penalties might, you know, take away some advantage from teams that were less inclined to be get called in the first place. They maybe should be trying to hold a little bit more. Yeah, no, it's I uh, I officiate high school basketball and I see it all the time that with you know I I likened um hand checking in basketball to holding in NFL football and yeah. the the more we don't call it in high school the more they do it and I see that and so if you get it right away so when you guys often you know complain about refereeing in the NFL I I empathize a little bit with the referees I see what you see yeah. but I'm like oh they don't get it. you know you have to be out on the the floor to uh, to oh, understand yeah. how difficult this uh, oh, you do do it. Okay, so, so you know. Right. <laughs> it's crazy, right? So how did you right? get into basketball refing? I don't do like high school level or anything, just like mm. you suck. Yes. But. So, you know, I played high school basketball. I was the, the 13th man. Okay. Uh, you know, I was, you know, one of those those guys that uh, not tall enough, not oh, athletic trillion, enough. Huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, I, you know, I was a good practice player. I set the best screens, you know, things like that. They'd put me out there if they wanted me to collect a couple of I love basketball. And then I played throughout my adult life and all the the rec leagues and I broke my nose like in my 30s playing, and I was like, okay, I guess I can't play anymore. So I just took a huge elbow, but I love playing hoops. So uh, I got into the officiating about five years ago, and I love it. You know, I mean, just doing these these big time varsity games in 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 Florida down here. Uh, everything from just even YMCA ball on the weekends. I'll do just, you know just to get around the youth and the kids and watch them develop um, from their skills. But yeah, I mean, I just love the crowd. Uh, you know, the crowd yelling at me, the coaches are screaming at me, calling me every name in the book so yeah i've been doing high school basketball for about the last uh four or five years that's pretty awesome that's pretty awesome it's 
it's a you, you have to be a little like you have to have that thick skin as you know i mean i don't care sure. what level of soccer you did you must know that the parents are, uh, are nuts yeah. this is ayso and it's supposed to be pretty calm and all that but you get to tournaments no. and things like that you start to play yeah you start refing games from other regions i mean even in your own region it can be you know you know home games it's it's kind of like okay some parents don't get it but you get into like against other regions oh yeah I mean, <laughs> it's crazy, right? Oh man! And so, if you have any, uh, do you have any like war stories that are uh, radio approved that you can tell? Eh, I mean, you, nothing <laughs> all that interesting. Just you know, sometimes. I mean, you ever give out some good red cards to people? Throw I've them never out. Given a red card, I have given a few yellows. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just just last night, I had to. Uh, I double teched a, a coach and and threw him out. And the problem is now in high school basketball, you have to write up a report if you do that. So yeah, of course, You're yeah. an evil man, Alan. Oh, it was... let them coach. Let them, <laughs> dude. That's a great bad news bears reference right there. Did let he them play. You? Uh, no, he just said he goes. He, he made like the most generic. Uh, like, um, there's a good game going on out there. You're missing it. One of those things, you know. Okay, and that was worth yeah. the double. Oh, uh, it was the se- that was the second of two. Oh, the other okay. one wasn't uh, like yeah. boom boom. It no, was... no. In fact, that's frowned upon in basketball refereeing. You're not supposed to give. The second technical, if you've given the first, that's a no-no in refereeing. So I did break uh, one of our principles. Your, your partner is supposed to come get it and be a good partner. So it doesn't look like you're you have a vendetta. But you know, my partner last night was not was not checking me. So uh, I had to take care of business, as they say. Oh, okay. And you know, I come in there. I'm five foot nine. Uh, I'm a I'm a goofy looking guy. So they see me, and these coaches just try to roll me. So I, you know, I have to try to fight back with anything I have. I mean, if not, I'm just gonna get get pummeled. Knock this battery off my shoulder. I'm not taking that from you. <laughs> All right, I like it. Uh, yeah. Okay, let, let's talk a little wide receivers before we sign off here today. Uh, so I, I alluded to the my Philly problem. I, I have a hard time, even though it's a, a great matchup. Tyler Boyd, I have down at 30. Uh, you know, I might move him a little bit up because of this quarterback news. The other one is uh, Jacksonville. And I might, I'm going to probably have to downgrade DJ Chark a little bit more. They're starting Mike Glennon this week. Yeah, that that's unbelievable. That things. I mean, I don't think it's fair that they benched uh, Jake Luton. Uh, I mean, that was against Pittsburgh. Jake Luton. He reminded me a little bit of how he's playing, like the the worst parts of Drew Locke, where he's yeah. just this big guy throwing the football down there. I would give him another shot, unless now they're trying to keep up with the Jets and and play for the bottom. Maybe Jake Luton was showed too much promise for them. But uh, yeah, I agree with you with Mike Glennon. I mean, that it's talk about a, a guy that might be just too tall. He's like he's one of these. Six foot eight guys, right? Could be. I I, I didn't. I don't have my Gle- Mike Glennon facts uh, <laughs> file in front of me, so uh, you're not a Mike Glennon theorist. But I mean, Luton was overmatched against the uh, yeah. against the Steelers. There's no doubt about it. He wasn't even yeah. that good the week before either. I, I get it, but mm-hmm. we, Mike Glennon's thirty. What's the point? I, you yeah. know, that's that's again. If you're going for true development, why not check out? You know, your 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 big rookie um unless again smartly there they might be you know now that they might even say to themselves hey the jets are pretty looking pretty good for lawrence just we don't want to lose out on justin fields yeah i was just gonna say tank for justin i mean and the thing is they're only one game behind the jets and the jets have started to play a little better lately they're not quite laughing stock bad although they did cut one of their starting corners and put the other on ir last week but I like when you say special bad. Every time you say that, Jeff, on the radio, it makes me laugh. I, you know, you got to see me listening to your show. I'm usually riding my bike or I'm laying in my bed going to sleep and I just listen to podcasts, right? Okay. And I'm sitting there laughing like an idiot at the same jokes that you guys use over and over again. That It just gets me every time. So it's again, it's, it's very uh, funny that I'm sitting here uh, rapping with you and you hear you do the jokes because I just – We I'm do good. to repeat ourselves. There, well, you have, a new, you have a new audience every 15 seconds. You need right. to. That is one of our standards. <laughs> that is true. I, I would I'm have loved podcast too, although they, it's harder to find. You really much have to go here, right? Uh, so right. I have Chark at like twenty three. I'm probably going to downgrade him after that. What say you? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, ECR has him outside of the top 25. I, I think you, you said it right. It's good player, horrible situation. Um, I mean, if you have, you know, one of these high upside players, um, you know, like Curtis Samuel, uh, you're, you're starting him over DJ Shark, right? I mean, you, you, even Jerry Judy, uh, you know, I'm just trying to think Mike Williams in a bad situation. Mike situ- Williams was the guy I was going to bring up. Yeah, I mean, I like him situ- this week. 
And the reason uh, I do is I think Tredavious White's going to be on Keenan Allen. So I think Williams gets more targets than usual. If, if that happens, uh, you know, Mike Williams is he's in play for a top 10 receiver. Nonetheless, where you have him, what, about 30, 25. where do you have 25? 25 this week? I'm up on oh. him. Yeah, you're higher about by 15 spots than ECR, so I like that call. I think that the market's missing on him. Uh, you know what? Maybe people are not are seeing that White might be on Williams, and that's the the consensus thought. But what if they're wrong? Uh, Mike Williams might be a, a nice DFS play as well. So I like that call right there. Yeah, I, I'm pretty happy. I, I, I think I'd be happy to use him. And I'm happy to have him in my leagues, and I think it is a good DFS play. Uh, I know, so you do a lot of stuff for DFS Army, and I know it's Wednesday. You're still probably working on everything for this week. What are some of the wide receiver plays you like this week? Yeah, so DFS Army is, you know, it, it, the the founder of it, this guy, Kevin Allen, the geek, he basically put together uh, a group of, of of DFS players, high ranked DFS players to help people learn how to play the game better against uh, the tougher fields. So uh, I defer to those guys a lot at okay, DFS. So you don't do DFS as much yourself. Oh, I, I'm not an expert as more as I am as, as a learning student. So what I do for DFS Army is I'm more of the season long and the dynasty guy. And then gotcha. I'm also doing a ton of the best ball work for them in the off season as well. So that's my area of expertise. Okay. I'm going to put that in air quotes, by the way, expertise, expertise. Well, we all (laughs) have self-awareness. That's a good thing. Well, you know what it is? I, I, I borrow from brilliance. Basically, I, I listen to I listen to more podcasts than I think anyone on this planet. And baseball pods, I think he, you know, uh, uh, Chris from uh, baseball pods, uh, he, he, you know, he's the one that had the the bracket for a baseball podcast bracket this summer. I was fair and. You know, fair enough. You know, there's, you know, I shouldn't say number one, but I I would say that of anyone I know. And what I do is I I take all the best pieces from every, all the the analysts like yourself that I respect and I spit out the bones and I put that together and I use that to form, you know, and and put that in with my opinions. And that's what I think, you know, makes us not expertise, but experienced players. So it's just listening to the crowd and then borrowing from brilliance. And that's how I form my process. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so what have you heard then that's, that is, uh, inspired you as for this week? Uh, is there any, uh, any, anything, any situation you like for this week? Yeah, we just talked about Mike Williams. So I had prepared a couple of the DFS, um, the, the DFS plays this week that I liked a lot. And I, I think that Mike Williams, if he's priced down, I have to look where he is on uh, on some of the different sites. But it doesn't matter PPR, doesn't matter uh, half PPR. He's a player and I, to, you have to absolutely go in on. Now, Cooper Cup might be a little priced up after that monster week last week. But I like him a lot if you're trying to find the 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 budget running backs. I don't think a lot of uh, a lot of players are going to be on Cooper Cup. I mean, I know that. Where do you have him in your in your value meter? Uh, I have Cup pretty high. I have him at nine. Right, but he just kind of blends into that area where he may. Fl- I mean, I know he had a, a big week last week, so that that could have been. He'll probably be a little bit higher owned, but I saw enough there where they're going to feed him and feed him. So he's a player that uh, I've seen over at DFS Army that they are trying to sneak in their lineups. He he's been uh, he's going to be a heavy ownership within the DFS Army players this week. Okay, Cooper Cup or Stephon Diggs. Oh, that's that's a good one right there. Um, I, I still prefer a cup, but I mean, Diggs is Diggs over delivered on everyone's expectation this year. And he's one of those automatic year uh, week after week. Right. I mean, yep. he he's had to have surprised he, he if you drafted Diggs, that was one of the answers this year. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I like him a lot against the Chargers, too. Although- From a D- We'll from a DFS, I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Fine. I was going to ask you from a DFS perspective, which Steelers uh, wide receiver are you going with uh, this week? Um, yeah. Okay. I just thought maybe uh, you know, given the pricing, but yeah, no. I that, looked at well, honestly, I'm looking at more. And that's the thing. I, I, I'm also not a DFS expert, um, mm-hmm. but so I, I don't know the prices. I just in terms of ranking the top, the three Steelers receivers. I'm going Deontay Claypool and then Juju because Juju's got the bad toe. Mm, yeah. Now, is that uh, you know we we kind of hit on it on the uh, the show? I mean, is he really did trip over a penalty flag? Didn't he? That's what I heard. 
Yeah. I don't know if that's confirmed or so I can quote you again on that on social media. Yes, that absolutely. Jeff, Jeff. Extensively. <laughs> um, and then I, I staying with the wide receivers. I had a, one question for you. Um, what about Cole Beasley? The last time we saw him, I mean, he had a monster oh game. Yeah, that was a, a player. You just you triggered that thought when you talked about Stefan Diggs. Cole Beasley, if you look at just look at his game log. And I know that's not a smart way to play DFS because uh, it's all matchup driven. But Cole Beasley seems to have developed a nice connection with Josh Allen and just coming out of the bye, he was, you know, a 20 point fantasy day. Is that somebody that might interest you? I have him at 42. Um, but yeah, I, I like him. I'll just say, you know, with nobody on bye, some of these decisions are hard. Like, for instance, Russell Gage had 12 targets last week. You know, if, if Julio doesn't play, I want him over Beasley. If, if Julio does play, I have to move him down again. Jerry Judy versus Beasley or Corey Davis versus Beasley. These are tough calls to make. Yeah. I don't know how you do it each week. I mean, do you do one uh, like how long does the value meter take? I mean, is it yeah. it's because probably it, 12 hours on the first iteration of the week. Right. Uh, I, I don't even know how you decide to make these. It's like these are start sits for every position. I mean, you could literally shuffle some of those guys up and and not be wrong. Uh, and what's amazing is that you do get it right a lot because I told you one of my last things, the stops that I do is check your value meter yeah. if I, to break a tie. So at least I can blame you if I get it wrong. Well, there you go. And many do. And it's okay. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a tough life, man. what we do. It's the, it's the life I have chosen. It's a yes. tough life for me, but it's okay. I'll get over uh, it. That's great. That's great. So, what do you uh, uh, tell everybody what they can find at, uh, where they can find you, what they can do, uh, at, what they can find at DFS Army? Sure, sure. So uh, go to my Twitter, which is at Alan Seslowski, A-L-A-N-S-E-S-L-O-W-S-K-Y. Very easy, right? Yep. Or if you're an Instagrammer, Alan Fantasy Football. And also I'm on TikTok now at, at Alan Seslowski. No, not dancing like uh, I'm sure you have you have uh, teenage children, right, Jeff? I do. I have a 16-year-old and a 13-year-old. Okay, so trust me, it's no shame on adult men being on uh, 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 TikTok, right? right? Sure. It's it's uh, no, there's listen, there's not a lot of fantasy football content on there. It's pretty easy to uh, to to get people interested in it. But yeah, I'm on on those three platforms uh, each week on DFS Army. Come on over, check us out, um, and in our Slack chat is where all the magic happens for DFS. Uh, and each week, I'm writing a column uh, about zero dollar bidding, which uh, just got syndicated over to uh, Rotoballer. They're, those guys over there have been nice enough to put up the article each week nice. so I, I just identify it's a free article and identify three players each week which are players that you could add in the second run of waivers which you guys always talk about as uh as uh, is the best part of waivers that's where you can find these little gems for free so i try to identify three guys all right. that's all the stuff i'm doing right now very good all right well i want to thank everybody for listening alan thank you for jumping on with us both on the draft today and now on the podcast doing double duty Oh, uh, th- dude, this is a thrill for me. Honestly, this is going to make my weekend, make my year, man. I, I you know, because I admire you guys so much as broadcasters that this is so cool for me. Oh, no problem. My pleasure. I'm glad you could do it. And uh, we'll do it again next year, too. Uh, everybody else, uh, thank you for listening. Please, uh, you know, hit that subscribe button, rate and review us if you could. Uh, and tune in. We I know we got a special Thanksgiving game podcast with Andrew Laird and Scott Jenstad. Uh, for DFS, and we'll have our regular Thursday podcast later this week, too. Uh, We've got uh, Mario and John doing that. So thanks for listening. Have a great day.